Hello again, this is Dan Jones, and this is another quiet talk to edify and encourage you, I pray. They say the pen is mightier than the sword. The sword may be quicker, but the pen usually has longer-lasting effects on the world. Ideas are powerful. This famous phrase makes me think of Hebrews 4.12, which says... For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. If human ideas and writings can change the world, what do you think God's word can accomplish? The Bible is like no other book. I say that a lot, but it bears repeating. Maybe there's somebody listening who has never heard me say that, but I just can't imagine it. One of the ways that the Bible is different is that, like Hebrews says, it is living. Jesus put it like this in John chapter 6. This particular chapter, as you may know, begins with the feeding of the 5,000 and ends with a long discourse by Christ on the bread of life. He says in verse 63, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. I've read some great books in my life, but none which I would describe in this way. Spirit and life. In the beginning, God made human beings on the earth. Genesis tells us that God breathed into Adam's nostrils the breath of life. Only then did man become a living creature. All life comes from God. Before the creation of man, we're told that God spoke and things came to be. God spoke and said, let there be light. And there was light. God spoke and said, let vegetation come up from the earth, and it did. He spoke the fish and the birds and all the other animals into existence. There is a psalm, Psalm 29, that speaks of the power of God's voice and all the mighty things his voice can do. Jesus spoke God's word, and therefore his words are spirit and life. Just as God's breath gave life to Adam, so the Word of God gives life to those who hear and believe. There is no substitute for the Word of God. There are no other words, no other writings that I could tell you about that could ever have the effect that the Word of God has. That's why I major on it. But let's go on to another aspect of God's Word that Hebrews 4.12 refers to. The Word of God is not only living and powerful, but it is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. It's important to see the Word of God, but did you know that the Word sees you? God's Word is a discerner of not only our thoughts, but our motives. Do you do good works? That's great. 
but it matters why you do them. You may be able to fool people, but you can't fool God. He knows why you do what you do. David knew something about God's power to look inside of us. He wrote in Psalm 139, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You understand my thought from afar. You scrutinize my path and my lying down and are intimately acquainted with all my ways. Even before there is a word on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all. Think about that for a bit. God has searched us all out. He knows when we sit down and when we stand up, but he also understands our thoughts. It's one thing to know what somebody is thinking, and there are times with people we know well when we can be pretty sure we know what they're thinking, but understanding people's thoughts is quite another thing. I am often baffled when I try to understand why people think the way they do. How can two people look at the very same circumstance and see it in opposite ways? I don't get it. But God does. He understands our thoughts even when we don't understand our own thoughts. And he watches the way we live and knows why we live that way. He scrutinizes our path or our ways. He is intimately acquainted with them. He knows you better than you know yourself. When I surprise or more often disappoint myself, God is not disappointed. Not that he always approves of what we do, of course not. But he isn't surprised by the things we do because he is intimately acquainted with all our ways. And one more thing. He knows what you're going to say before you say it. I admit that sometimes I say things before even I know I'm going to say them. And when that happens, I'm almost always sorry I said those things. So does all of this sound sort of creepy? Does it bother you that God is always peering into your soul? It shouldn't. God's purpose for you is good and loving. Romans 8 says that his plan for us is that we become like his son, Jesus Christ. Here is where the power of the word comes in. When we approach God's word humbly and submissively, it becomes a mirror to our souls. Listen to these verses from the letter of James. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. When you look in the mirror, you see what you look like. You see perhaps that you have dirt on your face. But if you turn away and start 
focusing on other things, you will likely forget about the dirt. Seeing yourself in the mirror provides an opportunity to do something about what you see. In other words, the mirror shows you that you need to wash your face. When we look into God's Word and persevere, as James writes, and if we purpose to change the way we live on account of what we see in God's Word, we can experience His blessing. God's Word discerns what's in our hearts. It helps us see things about ourselves that we couldn't see without it. And again, this is not to simply condemn us, but to change us. The idea of the mirror is to not only see that there's dirt on your face, but to wash it off. When God's Word makes us aware of things in our hearts and lives that don't please God, we should quickly confess this to God and seek His cleansing and forgiveness. 1 John 1.9 tells us that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God's Word is powerful. We are not meant to study the Bible as we would any other book. We are meant to let God's Word change us by that spirit and power that it only possesses. Go to His Word daily. Look into this mirror of the Spirit and let the Word reveal your heart to you and so change you into the image of Jesus from one degree of glory to the next. Heavenly Father, I pray that all those who hear my voice today will go daily before the mirror of God's Word, would peer and persevere in that perfect law of liberty, to stay in it day after day, and allow the Word of God to change their lives. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. My friends, thank you for praying for us at the Bread of Life Anglican Church, where I am the rector, the pastor, the leader. We meet on Sundays at 10 a.m. at the American Legion Hall in Schenectady at 1809 Union Street. And if you don't have a church home and you live in that area, come see us. We would love to meet you, to try to be a blessing to you, to encourage you in the Lord. As always, you can reach me by email at father.danjones at outlook.com. God bless you.